to TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. This month, we want to give a special thank you to our sponsor, the Texas Department of Agriculture. And joining us to discuss how drought works is Chad McNutt, co-owner of Livestock WX, a service which provides weather information specifically to livestock producers with a focus on impacts to livestock health and well-being. Chad, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us a little bit about your experience with weather and your credentials. Yep, no problem. I'm actually a biologist by training, and I kind of fell into to working on weather and in particular drought. Right after grad school, I worked for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, also called NOAA. That's where the National Weather Service sits. And I kind of fell into a program that that focused on drought early warning. We're based in Boulder, Colorado, and I have kind of a background in, in agriculture and livestock. My dad is a long time, I've, well, been in the cattle business for a long time, works for Superior Livestock, and I've always kind of had a special place for, for livestock and livestock producers in the cattle business. And, you know, eventually I wanted to get away from the government and I wanted to do something, though, that, that helped uh, particularly cattle producers with weather and climate information. And so uh, I think around in 2017, I created this company called Livestock Weather. And uh, since that time, we've been trying to provide, you know, better kind of better for better weather and climate information for cattle producers or livestock producers in general and more specifically cattle producers. Well, very interesting. You teed this up really well. And again, I think you're a perfect person to visit with for this this topic. Weather is a very key factor for cattlemen in managing their operation and ultimately their bottom line. So to start, how do you define drought? Yeah, it's a tough thing to define. And, you know, I think at one point someone did a survey of the uh, the number of definitions, you know, online, and there was something like 150 different definitions for drought. The bottom line, though, is that drought is a, is a deficit of moisture over a, a given period of time. And that period of time is really important because, and this will be kind of a theme in what we talk about today, you know, you can look at drought in a lot of different timeframes. You can look at it in terms of weeks to months to years, and that really gets to the type of impacts that you're looking at. So cattle producers that are worried about their grass production or their soil moisture or their stock tanks or whatever it is, you know, those all have different time frames. And so when you think about drought, you have to think about it from a number of different levels of, you know, kind of time. That's the hardest thing about it and really why we can never get away from drought because it does operate on so many different time frames. Sure. And Talk about the situation that we're in in Texas right now, because, again, we're not strangers to drought, and we've seen some pretty extreme ones in the past Mm -hmm. 12 years. So talk about our situation, what we're looking at right now. Yeah, it's been another drought year. And if you look at, you know, 12 months ago this time, last September 2021, there wasn't much drought at all in the state. But, you know, you started to have uh, kind of a dry spring and, you know, kind of early summer that led to higher temperatures and kind of a reinforcement of drought. You started to you know, kind of bake all the moisture out of the soils and that kind of led to really high temperatures and kind of led to the current predicament. So one of the trends that we're seeing is that the, the summer temperatures in particular in Texas and really the, the country are getting hotter. If you look at the last, uh, say the last or the 10 hottest summers on record for Texas, six of those have occurred since 1980. So we're really seeing kind of a ramp up of temperatures. And what happens when you have a, a deficit of precipitation, 
you know, you can get drought occurring pretty quickly and you can get intensification of the drought when you have those high temperatures. And that's kind of what we saw. We also, you know, most people know about La Nina and what that means for Texas and the particularly the southern portion of the country. It's particularly kind of drier winters and drier springs. And that's exactly what happened. You had a, a reduced amount of precipitation in kind of the summer or the, the winter and the, the spring. And what happened when you have that, you tend to get higher temperatures in the summer. And that's exactly what happened. And so as we head into, you know, maybe a third year of La Nina, which is very uncommon, you know, we really need to watch to see what happened in the fall, the winter, and then the spring. That's kind of the Particularly in the winter, that's when you see those impacts from La Nina when it changes our weather patterns. So we need to see, you know, what that's going to do. If that's going to result in a really dry winter and, and spring, then there's a good chance we're going to have another hot summer next year. So that's kind of the situation. And yeah, you, uh, <laughs> you, we've had a good, you know, August. It's been pretty wet around Texas and had a, you know, improving conditions. But again, that's just one month and we've had, you know, a good uh, seven, eight, nine months of, of really dry and hot weather. So it really, again, goes back to the time frame. Sure, sure. Well, I want to zoom out a little bit and ask some broad questions. And you've touched on these, but I want to know, I want to know more. Okay. Are droughts normal? And then tying into that, historically, are droughts worse now? So we can divide those out or you can put <laughs> those together, however you'd like to, t- to tackle it. Yeah. And I, and I say, you know, drought is a, is a, it's a climate phenomenon. It's a normal event. We've had droughts, you know, for as long as we can, we can track those things and we're going to continue to have droughts. So it's a normal phenomenon. It's particularly, you know, in Texas and the, the, that region, you know, it seems like we're in a drought almost every other year or multiple years at a time. So it definitely is natural. What I think we're, we're seeing, and I mentioned it already is the increase in temperatures. And that's really exacerbating drought. So if we're seeing, you know, higher summer temperatures and we're, we get a dry year all of a sudden, it just makes it worse with those higher temperatures. And then you can get a situation where it starts reinforcing itself. So once you've evaporated all the moisture out of the soils or significant amount of the moisture from the soils, there's really nothing more to evaporate. And that kind of helps keep temperatures cool. Once that happens and there's no more moisture in the soils, you start getting these extremely high temperatures. And that's kind of what we saw this summer. And like what we saw in 2011, when we had, you know, just a terrible drought, terribly hot temperatures. So I think that's what's kind of changed is the increase in temperatures, particularly in the in the summer. But really, if we look at our annual temperatures you know, around the country and in Texas, they're getting warmer. And so that's what's exacerbating some of these uh, these impacts from drought. Well, that's very interesting. With droughts, <laughs> is there any kind of prevention? Can can and again, like that's a yeah. An odd question, but can, can droughts be prevented in any way? You know, they really can't. You know, of course, there's a lot of places that do cloud seeding and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, research has been done on it. And, you know, some of it, you're not really sure if, it's, if it works that well. But I think, you know, the way that you can't prevent it, but I think what you can do is lessen the impacts. That's just to know your system and, you know, cattle producers can, they know all the the tricks and they've heard it from extension and just their own experiences. And that's, you know, leaving grass on the, the ground, not grazing it too much, you know, keeping your, your cattle spread out, not compacting the soil and, you know, keeping a, a healthy ecosystem on their, on their ranches, on their landscape is the best, you know, defense that they've got and having, you know, multiple strategies and, you know, developing water where they can and, you know, just understanding what the history of where they ranch and, you know, the impacts that they've experienced previously. And then, you know, having a 
having a plan. So what are you going to do if it's a one-year drought or a two-year drought or three? And, you know, what do you, what, where do you have flexibility in your system? Can you run, you know, yearlings and, you know, have some flexibility there because you can sell those those cattle earlier or, you know, what can you do to, to give yourself some flexibility, I think is the way the, the way to do that. And then also to, to create resilience on, you know, on your ranch. And so I think you can't prevent it, but you can build resilience. You can build those strategies to reduce the impacts. Sure. Well, and that makes sense that taking care of the land and managing it well will in turn help you. Mm-hmm. So sticking to that topic a little bit, and there may not be anything else to add with this, but things to be mindful of during the drought, water consumption, and really, honestly, probably these are things that you are mindful of all the time because the next drought is is building if we're in, in right. a wet time. So, yeah, things to be mindful of, water management, forage management. Again, you touched on these a little bit, but. Yeah, that's it. And just, uh, you know, tracking it to the extent that you can, there's, there's obviously with, with the internet, there's, there's so many different resources out there and there's a lot of people providing information. And so I know cattlemen already are, are always, you know, looking at the forecast and I think uh, that's helpful, but then understanding, you know, your current situation, you know, just going out there and looking at, you know, what's going on with your soils and your grasses. And I think there, you know, people are already doing that, of course, but uh, you can never probably do it enough and continue to, you know, learn about it, learn about what, what it means to be in a La Nina, what that typically means for Texas or Oklahoma, or New Mexico, wherever you are. And there's a lot that you can learn. For example, you know, Noah runs a, a blog that, that really does a good job explaining what La Nina means and El Nino and when those for example, those two different phenomena, when when they're meaningful and when they're not, for example, they don't really provide as much information in the summer. They don't have a big impact in the summer. It's really in the, the winter and the spring. So there's a lot of opportunities for, for cattlemen to learn about some of these weather trends and some of the larger global phenomena like like El Nino or La Nina. And so I would I would you know recommend continuing to learn about those things and, and look at different ways to track drought in, in their area. So, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I, I, of course, I do, you know, full time, some sort of partial to it. Sure, sure. So continuing through the process, at what point is a drought considered over? Yeah, that's a tricky thing, too. And I hate to <laughs> I hate to keep saying the same thing. And but I, I don't have a good answer there because, it again, it really is a time scale deal. If we think about what just happened in August here, we've had, you know, Texas has gotten a, a lot of rain. <laughs> You've had drought recovery and and particularly, you know, you look around like Texarkana, you know, that area, they've had a massive improvement. But if you back out like 12 months, you know, it's been it's been pretty dry. And if you go back, you know, say five years, let's let's pick a place like King County, you know, around Guthrie. They've, you could say they've been a drought for the last five years. They've, they've been really dry, but they've also had really wet years too. I mean, you had, again, sticking with King County, you know, in 2011, they had 10 inches of rain. They normally get 20, I think it's 23 inches. So in 2011, they had 10 inches of rain. So less than half the rainfall in 2015, they had more than 30 inches. But if you looked at, at those five years altogether, you would say on whole, on the average, it was dry. It was much drier than normal. And that has, you know, certain types of impacts. And so you can have really dry soils. You can have groundwater not recharging. So your wells are dropping. The grass is changing. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And so when you say a, a drought's 
it's hard to say when a drought is over because you can look at it in so many different ways. So you could say at one, any one year, well, we had a good year. We didn't have really drought, but we've also looked at the last five years and it's been drier than normal. And that has a certain type of impact. Whereas on an annual basis, you know, our sock tanks might be good. Our grass might be okay, but something might not be great with our soils because we've been experiencing a prolonged drought. So you kind of have to look at it like that, particularly in Texas, where, you know, you do get those those dry years, it seems like every other year. So you can almost never say, you know, we're out of it. I hate to say that, and I I know we don't want to be pessimistic, but you always have to keep it in mind that, you know, dry conditions are operating somewhere. It could be on the long-term perspective, or it could be happening on the order of weeks or months. And and again, they all have different types of impacts. Some are some are not too bad, and other ones are you know pretty bad, like lack of deep soil moisture and wells dropping and things like that. Sure. Hopefully that that answer. I know that's kind of a convoluted answer, but I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Well, and that it makes sense. Again, it makes sense that it, there's not just a simple answer to it, and to just declare, just declare the drought is over. One thing that it sounds like would be a value would be, and this is a, a theme that comes up and I, I point it out every time, but the value of, of keeping records for your own operation, tracking the rainfall and even what that year looked like with management of the herd and of the forages and how that played out so that each individual can look back at their own historic data for their operation and say, we did this in 2011 and we were able to hang on to our herd because we did this management practice and, or we did this and it didn't work very good. And so we need to have a better game plan next time. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I would encourage everybody to have a, a rain gauge you know, or multiple rain gauges if you're on a large ranch, because we, you know, this is something we don't particularly do well in this country. I mean, we do it, we do it better than a lot of countries, but, you know, it's still very difficult to measure precipitation. I think, you know, we have for the size of our country, we don't have, we're not measuring precipitation at a rain gauge, you know, with the, the density that we probably need. So if you want to track conditions on your, your place, you know, you want to have your own rain gauges out there. And like you said, you want to track it. You know, most folks are in the cattle business. I mean, they're, they're watching their grass. They're, they've been out there a long time. They know their system, but you know, if they can, and the technology is there these days that you can find rain gauges that log it for you. And there's, there's lots of ways to get around, you know, having to sit out there and take, you know, pay, you know, measure it, you know, record it through, through a log book or something. But yeah, I think that's, that's what you want to do is, is to take the measurements that you can and, and really track things. So, you know, what to expect. Well, great. Is there anything else that you think is important for our listeners to know that we haven't touched on other information that comes to mind? No, it's a, no, that I think we've covered some good ground. Um, it is a tricky thing. It's a, you know, they call drought the creeping disaster because it can surprise you. You know, it's sort of like a, you know, it's a slow evolving disaster. And if you're not watching it, if you're not monitoring conditions, it can surprise you. And so I would just encourage everyone to, to keep abreast of what's going on. I know, you know, most people do, but, um, there's more resources than ever. And I would encourage folks to learn what's out there and to keep tracking conditions in their area. Well, that's wonderful. Thanks for joining us today. I really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Thanks.
Thanks for listening today. We invite you to be a part of one of our ranch gatherings and virtual Ranching 101s. For a full list of ranch gathering locations, Ranching 101 topics, and more information about cattle raisers, visit tscra.org or email events at tscra.org. And now a word from our sponsor. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. We need your help to make Texas school lunches homegrown and healthy. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local ag producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. So, if you're a rancher, a farmer, a baker, or a salsa maker, join the Farm Fresh Network and connect with our schools in your area. Sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.